0: This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. I pretty much burnt myself out to a point of I sort of lost a shell of who I was. and That's a pretty harrowing and and scary thing to do at a young age because, and I wouldn't wish that on people. I hate using that word. I don't really use it with my team. I don't want to be the CEO of this business as we sit here right now in three years time. Mm -hmm. Because I want to train, work with people, share knowledge with people that is going to push me out and so, so I should be. Mm -hmm. Because success is knowing when you know your expiry date, which comes back to that point of what do I want the exit to be? But I actually think that is a key contributor to our growth today is the foundational setup to the point that I shared with you before. Our industry that we currently operate in, agency land, has notoriously had the worst reputation when it comes to looking after people and undervaluing people. That's rubbish because then you're not caring about people and their input on the magic that is created every day, no matter what business you're in.
1: What do you tell your 21 year old self from an advice perspective on how to manage what the road is Mm. going to be ahead? Dalton, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, Kyle. I really appreciate it.
1: Mate, we're going to dive straight in. 42 employees in, you know, two years' time, fast growth uh, with your company Bullfrog, uh, an agency that is fast becoming, you know, renowned um, in Australia uh, for your creativity. Um, you know, when I go away and I do all my research and and have a look, I think, you um, You guys, when I look at the brand, I look at, you know, creativity, I look at, but also community and Mm. you're, you know, you're really bringing people together and that seems like a core focus of yours. But the thing that I want to start with is what has actually shaped you to be ready or, or, you know, has shaped you for the experiences that you've, you know, been through over the last two years, three years with the business? What were the things in life that you think have kind of prepared you for this point
0: in time? That's a big question, because I, I, I always reflect and look back consistently, and I've done that more in the last two years with the growth that you've mentioned uh, than I have ever done before. But I think if you step back, I, I look at my life in these moments of like impact. And truly, for me, one of those key, key moments in the last 10 years, because I am 10 years as a entrepreneur, founder, a self-employed person from the age of 19 to now being 29, how I've shaped the approach in the last couple of years, as much as the person I am sitting here having the conversation, um, came from a hard learning of burning myself out at the age of 21. I was putting too many things on my plate. I was not being focused in what I was trying to do. And there's a real fine balance of growing and scaling up and sometimes the sacrifices that you have to make in order to do so. But when you try to feel more and more up, I learned the hardest way Um, to the point that I was bedridden for three weeks, Uh, couldn't walk, now a long-time sufferer sufferer, um, of vestibular um, disease and issues, and at that point I pretty much burnt myself out to a point of, I sort of lost a shell of who I was and I had to build myself back up. Um, It wasn't the fact that I wasn't being ambitious, it wasn't the fact that I was, at the time I would have said I was not stressed. But going back and reflecting and doing a lot of work on my own personal self at a pretty young age in the grand scheme of things to burn yourself out. The biggest thing that has probably shaped the approach of what I do every day was the part that I actually had to rebuild myself and actually do the work on myself first to know the things that I actually wanted in my life. And that's a pretty harrowing and, and scary thing to do at a young age, because and I wouldn't wish that on people, but I would say reflection and acknowledging sometimes those moments of impact and there is many more but that one specifically for me is a big way of how I show up every day at the moment and in the last few years what has been two years of success but really a 10-year journey for me comes out of the moments of I never want to go back to that place so when it comes to growth I need to make sure I'm surrounding myself with the people that are only going to allow me not to get back to that place both personally and professionally. But for me, I always look at it now in context of my own journey as it's all just life because you can't have one or the other. It's still life. It's still how I walk through the door at night is impacted by the decisions I make during the day or the way I wake up the day before or how I go to bed or the little small tangible actions or those moments of impact that I do each day allow me to front up to make sure I never go back to that moment.
1: Do you think pain is a necessary precursor to the things in life, or to this? Wo- you know, you mentioned the word focus, mm. right? Um, like focus is a—it's—it's su- it's such a great word, but it's—it's it's an even better concept, right? It's like this thing of narrowed focus yeah. um, across, you know, the many different things that we can have in life. But coming kind of back to that point is do you think that pain is the precursor? Like, is pain the motivation to move away from or is it a mixture of, you know, maybe purpose
0: of what I'm moving towards? It's a really, really good question. I think pain's an interesting word because I don't don't think it has to be pain. And I think learnings can come in the biggest joys of life as much as it can come from sometimes we learn the most in the things that we say, we fail or we haven't got right or to the point of pain. In my personal journey, it was a health pain that was a byproduct of all these life decisions that I was making and thinking I was handling it. But the realities were I wasn't. And my body was telling me that and there were signs that it was telling me that all the way through until that point. But I chose not to listen. Mm. So I wouldn't say it's the pain or the failures, because I think not everything needs to start with a really bad story or one that has what i've shared today because i I don't believe that i think you can still do work on yourself out of a point of being fit healthy and all the above but i think the biggest thing comes back to me is making sure that you're reflecting and acknowledging what is actually happening day in day out and that really does start of acknowledge the smallest things of the the details and the efforts that people are putting in around you as much as you're trying to put in. And I think the better word of pain, I think the byproduct of what I've learned is just having discipline. And I think if you're disciplined and you're disciplined in the things that you're aware of as a leader, as a person, it allows you to go in each day bloody curious and learn fast, but also, you know, not everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows, and that's why to acknowledge pain, you should do that. But I don't think it can be pain; it can be joy, it can be pain, it can be all the emotions that we feel as human beings. But I think acknowledging those learnings of when they happen, or even the smallest things and the details in the moment, is a thing that I look at a lot, which is probably um, from a byproduct of that that key moment of being able to I- assess what I really want and pull myself apart and try put parts back together, but I'll never be, we're all work in progresses at the end of the day. We're always evolving. And that's, w- that's to me, the most fascinating thing when it comes to people and building relationships. And what we're doing right now is learning about each other, but they can be great stories. My one, this unfortunately of the steepest learning came from a bad, a bad spot. There's a lot of wisdom in that and I think, like, I often, I think back I think to, that was a bit of a ramble, to be honest. No, no, no. Like,
1: I, I mean, I, I kind of caught myself thinking why you were saying all of that of, like, even my journey as a, you know, I was thinking, like, you know, what, how would you have replied to that
2: mm.
1: as a 21-year-old, right? Like, mm. and so, because I think back and I think back to, you know, potentially there's some people in my life then that maybe would have told me that but I don't know if I would have listened, mm. right? And I kind of think back to that and think about like the wisdom that potentially a young entrepreneur can sit and who's listening to this and, mm. and you know, you kind of, cause like naturally the world tells you, you gotta do more, right? Like that's, that's, that's the, I feel like that's the message that comes across on social media. It's the message that comes across in these, you know, let's say 60%, 70%, the majority will always tell you you're not doing enough do more put more on your plate you're not doing things fast enough or we we hero the fast journey um or the people that have done it fast and and although I actually think that it's very rarely that's the case you know there's it's very rarely it's an overnight success but the messaging in the world and what we hero comes back to that so my my follow-up question is What do you tell the person... What do you tell your 21-year-old self from an advice perspective
0: on how to manage what the road is Mm. going to be ahead? I think your question is so bang on and it's a part that... I'll answer that question of what I would tell my 21-year-old self with a bit of a ramble at the start, which I love to do because it's it's intriguing what you said. You opened the podcast around in two years you've got 42 people the thing that i i disagree with that statement is we lead with the amount of people deemed success of a business Mm, it's true to the point that you just said before we need to do more we need to do better we need to work harder we need to work later the pedestal and i feel so humble and grateful that you are even conversing in this conversation and sharing it with your community because you you you're allowing me to be on a pedestal of sharing my learnings with others and that is the best and most rewarding thing and, to be honest, is a bit about who I am as a person and what I realised I love the most. But that is the problem. We are saying you need to have 42 people. You need to be the richest, the fastest. Um, you know, You need to win 30 Under 30 awards. You need to do all these things. It's like the clock is always ticking. Mm. And I think I've found in the last two years of a 10-year journey, let alone just life in general, that 21-year-old self, I would say, do a shitload less, but do it better. Mm. Have less people, but make it quality. Build authentic and real relationships so you can trust in the people you're building with. And you should always start with trust. Trust is earned, but you should never start with the walls up. Pull those walls down. And at 21, those walls fully got ripped off something that i could have controlled in hindsight and hindsight is a beautiful thing but it's the exact point is 42 people x million valuation x y and z you're so young how have you done it what have you done and there's a commonality of the incredible people that you've had on this podcast say those same things in reflection which sometimes those steep learnings come at a young age and sometimes they come later in life and i think the thing that we need to think about is if it's saying to my 21 year old self do a lot less and do it better to the point of even using the word better. I hate using that word. I don't really use it with my team. I always talk about growth and learnings, personal growth, mm. the learnings that come with that growth. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing is it's okay to acknowledge the stats. They're the truths. The truth. We should acknowledge the truth. We should talk openly about the truths always. Mm-hmm. I have 42 incredible people that I would trust and they trust in me to make decisions each day and play my role within a team. Mm -hmm. But I would just as much have half those number of people if for me, when it comes to bullfrog, we can do and show what creativity means in the way that it can solve business problems. Mm -hmm. And the power that one idea can generally change the world that we live in. And I think for me, it is very much less is more and is quality over quantity. And that cliche is a cliche for a reason because, as I said, I burnt myself out by, if we talk about a dinner plate, I, I, I had way too much on it. I wasn't meat and two veg. It was all of it. <laughs> Buffet. It was an absolute <laughs> smorgasbord. Um, but that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. But I think you're right. We do put these things on a pedestal. Uh, allowing to have authentic and real conversations like we're having now upon reflection, but as as much as what I can take into tomorrow, as much as learning about each other, I think I would say to young 21 Dalton, (laughs) do a lot less, but invest deeper in what you're doing, both with the people, what I'm working for, why I'm working for it.
1: Uh, Kind of like we kind of did a bit of a roundabout there, but the word focus, yep. you know, like really that's the true meaning of focus thing, is, is yeah. less, you know, like it's, it's really hard to focus on a lot of things, right? But you, mm. you can focus on the certain things that are going to light you up. Mm. You know, that's probably a, you know, I mean, look,
0: it's, it's probably a good recipe, right? I, I, think, I think you are spot on. And, and focus allows for clarity allows conviction of how you show up every day. Um, and the reality is the harsh truth is our brain can only compute three things at t- once. That is science. Oh, really? Um, beyond that, it's too much. And if it's 2 you're gonna be better minded in the decision you're making forward, yes or no. Because the reality is life is always a yes or no. There's never really a maybe. Mm. That's just in our own head of, is it a maybe? And if we're setting expectation around saying yes or no or voicing our expectation of what I want to achieve and saying it loudly, it allows us to have that dialogue of I've made, I've opened that door and walked through that door, I have to own that decision now. And having that focus needs to start with knowing what you want. And to the point of light it up, passion is the thing that has trailed me through my entire self-employed career Mm -hmm. and has led me to what I'm doing today. But I had to recognise that passion and what was really to the point is perfect, light me up and Mm. be focused on that. I love
1: that. But it also – there was a point in that – there's a point in what you just said where I go, you don't need 20 tabs open.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're like three things at once, I'm like
1: 20 tabs. Yeah. You know, like I'm just thinking in my head. But a a quick question before we move on to the story behind Bullfrog, how it started – you kind of – we obviously talked about burnout and mm. I hope you're okay to revisit that. But, like, I, I would mm. love to discuss potentially what that looked like because as a business owner, mm. I think our biggest strength and our biggest weakness at the same time is sometimes we don't know when to call it and mm. often we can just go and go and go because of, because of that passion and potentially because, you know um, – we were talking about it beforehand, you know, this this kind of feeling that oh, I can't, I can't take the break today or I can't yeah. take the the day off or, you know, I can't have the, the night off and, you know, eat dinner with, with um, you know, my partner or family and so on. Yeah. But what did burnout look like to you in the terms of not necessarily the symptoms and, and so on but the conversation that you are having with yourself, right? Because I Mm. think symptoms are are there and they will always be there but I think like what will help individuals catch this in the early days of is Mm. the conversation, the the inner self-talk that you're having that
0: leads to it or or is happening during it. It's a... I don't reckon there's a day that goes by that I don't think about this exact conversation or that I have that inner self-talk and I reflect on that exact moment a lot. And I would say I do it definitely daily, which is quite a lot for like, some people would be like, you're still hanging on to that. What well, actually defines as I've sort of mentioned today, how I approach every day. Mm-hmm. But burnout, if I looked at, if we talk about what was on the plate in the moment, I was one of the first in Australia to build an omni-channel publishing brand in a men's lifestyle sector, competing with the likes of GQ, Men's Health, um, back where blogs were the thing that we spoke about and Instagram just had only just started. And is a big reason of what I'm doing now and the credibility built over a six-year journey of run ish, running a publisher brand that was talking to men in a new and interesting way across multiple channels. But though I was doing that and the growth and the new territories that were all new for everyone in the world and exploring those things with so much passion and intrigue, I was studying at uni Full time. I was a professional athlete. I was a partner at the time with someone who I'm no longer with. I was a son. I was a brother. I was a grandson. I was all those things. And the list goes on. But as you start to move through the buckets, or well not even the buckets, just the things that were on the plate, I had to make some really tough calls on my life to realise I was never going to be an AFL footballer. That was the dream and it's okay to have multiple dreams. It is bloody okay. But as a kid, I wanted to be an AFL footballer like so many kids in Australia. Yeah. And I did the work because I am disciplined to do the work and I did the work from a very young age. But I had to realise through this moment of burnout and this is post that, but I sort of knew it in my head already that that dream was not gonna be a reality. Mm-hmm. That boyhood dream had to change because over here there was something I was deeply passionate about and building and excited in every day. And there was a new challenge in front of me that I was becoming more passionate about than the dream that I did have. Mm-hmm. But to close one dream down that you have fought for your whole life and arguably you were still in the best shape was a really tough decision that I had to do after the burnout stage because I had to look at my plate of things. I was jeopardising that relationship at the time with that incredible woman that I was with and her family who did so much for me in pretty key years of my life from around pretty much 17 to 21, 22. I was coming from a... A family construct that is familiar to so many coming from a broken family that I have to invest energy on both sides of that. I was not doing that. I was selfish in my pursuit of my dreams. And that is okay. You have to be selfish because you do have to protect that, but we're staying on where we are. But I was jeopardizing all these things that actually make us people and realizing the dreams that I once had, one had to close. But the person of how I want to show up had to be more focused to come back to that point. And as you start to list out all those things, it's actually a lot, and that's not even the half of it. Mm-hmm. You know, because to grow, to build, you sometimes do need to take on a few more things, and the plate does get full. But you know, have to, I now know when to take some things off the plate? Mm-hmm. And the probably the hardest one that came out of most of it. And it's tough talking about it. I had to disconnect with some people in my family because it was all-consuming upon reflection and I couldn't handle that anymore. And that's tough. Mm. That's a lot tougher than closing a dream because you can't pick your family regardless of the journey that you've come from or the family that you have. And I had to realise through I'd neglected them but why was I neglecting them? And I had to do that work of why is this playing on me and getting to the root of that and i went to a therapist which i at first after burning myself out was like nah i can't go there like the same throwaway comments that is most people go and be faced with when acknowledging that but it's one of the best and most defining things to the point of moments of impact that whole wrapper of all of those things it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I only did a handful of sessions because the most confronting thing that I started to realise when I just spoke about the plate and how how full it was, I actually wasn't doing anything for me for just pure joy. I didn't even have a hobby. Everything was about the dream, about getting to there, about being 30 and being successful and chasing the things that we spoke about before. but I had to work out why was I chasing those things? And a question like, you don't have a hobby. And at that time with what was in my life as a professional athlete, a business builder on the side, studying university, all those things, I had to close some things down to focus on those things better, but I had to narrow in why the hell am I doing what I am doing? And what actually gives me to the point that you said lights me up or what is my passion but i had to have some pretty shitty conversations through that too and ones that i still have to go through today because it's not just a flick of the switch the same reason i talk about i think about all of that every day such a powerful journey like you talked about
1: therapy and even just doing a few sessions i've honestly done something similar and Mm. you we talked about the inner self talk, but like the, like the burden you put on yourself mm. from all of like you mentioned it, family, you know, and this perception of the person I want to be because of all the things that have shaped you through childhood to this point, yeah, and not understanding them because as a young man, yeah, um, going through everything that you've gone through up until this point. Mm. N- you know you're not necessarily aware of why you have these ambitions or why you are you you are building yourself up to be this person uh, and 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 doing the things that you're doing and you're right and you're chasing a dream but the power of speaking to someone who <laughs> it's the scariest thing in the world in like i uh, uh, like I remember shaking, like sweating and shaking, just going into that first session. But the power behind that of just talking to someone and, and it's like afterwards, it's just like, wow, like this pressure release. Um, and, and it's because you start to understand yourself a little bit. So I like the power in that is just, I mean, un, unprecedented. Like it's 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 an amazing kind of journey that you can go on. Yeah. And I think kind of coming back full circle, like yeah. do you think that that, and gonna, again, like going through what you went through mm-hmm. and this word focus and, mm-hmm. and kind of understanding the things that light you up, that fulfill you. Like I don't, I often think you can get stuck in a mindset where you think it's one or the other and everything has to be painful, right? Like, you know, we talked about yeah. that pain driving you. Yeah. Um, at some point, I think there's, there's a, t- I think pain is a great tool to use,
0: yep. but it doesn't always have to be the tool. Completely agree. And that's – it's it's the same thing and I think I would urge anyone who <laughs> who is listening to this that they can't get something straight in their head and they feel like life is all too much, go talk to someone. But that does, doesn't necessarily have to be a psychologist mm. or a therapist. It doesn't have to be. It could just be the person you trust the most in your world, which I hope – most people at least have that one person but it's Mm. not always the case and that's scary too but it doesn't always have to be a formal let's sit on the couch and i'm going to therapy it can actually just be having a conversation and giving this is how i feel Mm -hmm. because in the first few moments of that session i just broke down because this person who was just looking at me doesn't know me but looking at all that did exactly that and here I am doing it again. Um, Use the dinner plate analogy, the things that were so, when you simplify it, it becomes really obvious. And when you focus on it again, I'll stop saying it, but it's probably written itself as the theme of this podcast, focus. But I, I think having someone disvalidate the things that you're sharing and willing to share, and that's where for me in business now, One of the values at Bullfrog is uncommon transparency and openness because I share everything from financials all the way through to how I'm feeling as a leader. And that is a big part of where we've grown to date because the investment in the conversation and the deeper building of relationships Mm. with people allows us just to share and be open. And this world is so much more open than it used to be. Even having the conversation of, two men on a couch around a therapy session, Mm. those words never used to come out of our mouths. It's things like you're doing now and the conversations that you're sharing with the community, we have more access to those things, but sometimes it can all be too much. And that's why sometimes if you are feeling like, whoa, there's a lot. And if you're listening to this, I would urge everyone just to have a real open, honest conversation with someone they can trust. And if they don't have that one person, perhaps it could be seen. A therapist or a psychologist but that is that advice should be taken as a grain of salt because I can only say from my own experiences which I shared today that it was invaluable but it doesn't mean it will work for everyone
1: yeah and I think you make a great point around even that pillar right like humans crave connection yes. and what brings connection is vulnerability and relatability so you know you can't connect with someone if mm. they're closed right and and close that closeness i think you know just from again my personal experience comes from the the lack of transparency because i'm i'm on this journey no one's on it with me yep. uh and and i'm you know d- you know i'm shouldering everything right and nobody understands where i'm coming from you know and, and you can get stuck in those mindsets and often at those times that's that's the mindset you're in and that's again kind of coming back to that therapy is like all right i'm shouldering this i feel like i can't talk to anyone i'm internalizing all this stress which is you know causing this inner self-talk and then all of a sudden i just get this release and and then i'm open again and like maybe maybe it improves my relationships elsewhere you know And, and i can i am open to having these conversations with other people and i think that's the one thing it taught me was like you know you, you shoulder absolutely everything as a young man you know i, I can only talk as a, as a young man but like you yeah. shoulder everything and then you close up because that's what being a man's all about right and 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 that's what society kind of painted the picture you know especially probably when we were at that age yeah. and then it you know you, you get a release and you realize that it was all just a an idea in your head that yeah. was kind of controlling your actions, right? So, mate, I completely
0: connect with that, 100%. And, and I think I think that's as we're doing right now is we're connecting. But the flip side of that can be quite scary too mm. because it can create in an outburst. It can create a negative effect by holding on to it. And every day I actually ask myself that question of, should I actually talk about this? And I, I sense check that daily. Should I, should I share this with a team member? Should I share this with my wife? And I've just found through my life journey, I used to have so many walls. And to, to the story that we've already spoken about, those walls coming down and being truly exposed and vulnerable from a health perspective is my story, but the antithesis of not communicating effectively and that flip side can be an outburst, can be something you don't mean, oh, yeah. can be an argument with your, the love of your life, your family, your friends, the person you trust the most, a colleague, because you actually haven't spoken through that, whether it's speaking through it in your head and reflecting on it, or what I find and what we've just spoken about, it's just sharing it with the people I really, really trust mm. to be vulnerable with. And I feel exceptionally lucky that I'm surrounded by people day in, day out because I choose to be that where I will talk about my health journey which is on gro- ongoing as I mentioned as much as I'll talk about the realities of running a business in full detail mm-hmm. down to the, the dollar but down to the challenges that we face as a team or as I face as a leader and being open and vulnerable with that has changed the way that I – Thought my life would have ended up when there was that 21-year-old saying, I need to do X, Y, and Z and tick this off and this is where I need to be and I need to retire at 30. I'm (laughs) going to be the fastest of them all. (laughs) Yeah, That's great internal motivators. But shit, life throws you around. Life will challenge you all the time. (laughs) No one goes through life with sunshine and rainbows. If you do, tell me what the recipe is and good on you. (laughs) But we're all going to have different challenges. This is how we digest those Mm. and we're going to have things that to the point of walking through one door or another, we're going to have to make choices, sometimes difficult ones, as I've shared with you today. But it really just comes back to, but I'm doing it for the reason that I know I have to. So just talk and communicate. I love it. It's, uh, I think, look, what we
1: just talked about then is, I mean, there was a lot there, right? <laughs> but I think, I mean, look, I think everybody especially business owners like you know it's a, it's a it's a wild journey that you go on of self reflection throughout a business so mate i appreciate you being vulnerable with all of that it's 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 amazing i know it's gonna sh- it's gonna sh- it's gonna um it's gonna help someone we'll shift gears a little bit Sounds bullfrog sweet. yeah how did it start tell us the startup story
0: Bullfrog started in Feb 2020 (coughs) on the doorstep of COVID. Wow, (laughs) what a time, (laughs) what a time to start. (laughs) Full of ambition, that is evident probably through everything that we had spoken about, but I, at the end of 2019, wound down um, the publishing brand that I built in The Tailored Man that was successful and and profitable and at that time um, could have kept going and kept doing so. People ask, you could have exited, you could have sold it, you could have done this. I was not passionate for it anymore because Mm. over that journey, which I'm so lucky, I realised for me um, as a publisher, I was sort of at the, and and also, as I mentioned up front, a first in that space, um, I sort of started to realise the passion, (laughs) it's all linked in this, I'm laughing because I'm about to say it, but (laughs) to, those learnings as a 21 year old too is what I how I wanted to create my life is my curiosity of wanting to know and be at the start of a business problem, which I, I believe creativity and communications and ideas can truly make business impact. I was at the end of that cycle as an advertiser and a publisher, but I really wanted to start to be at the start of that conversation of what is the problem that we're Mm. trying to solve as a business. Because at that point I was having global brands coming to me left, right and center, traveling the world, experiencing some of the most incredible things. And some of those partners are now bullfrog partners as well. Mm -hmm. But with that natural build of why winding it down, I started to get asked to do more, do more for some of the biggest brands in Australia, do more for some of the biggest brands in the world because my curiosity was asking the questions and wanting to get to the deeper root of why they are actually giving me or paying me to do what I do, which I think is a genuine gift every day. Like I, our team, what I do every day, as much as the tailored man was that too, I get to be creative. I get to make ideas a reality and I get to communicate them to millions of people, millions and millions of people in multiple different formats and channels. And for me, that was the growth of The Tailored Man was incredibly defining to realising the fact that I was always gonna be at the end of the solution, regardless of the strategic um, layers of what that business was. Mm. I wanted to be at the start of the business problem and show the fact that creativity can solve those things. Mm -hmm. And marketing and communications can solve those things for any business and they really can a big chunk in it, especially in the way the world works now, and especially the brands and businesses we see growing so fast. But I think by winding down that at the end of 2019 and starting in Feb 2020 with Bullfrog, with a couple of foundational clients that had followed my journey with The Tailored Man, was a big risk, <laughs> but it was a risk built on I knew what I was passionate about and was being at the start of the problem, not the end of it. And I think that to me is what Bullfrog does. Bullfrog to me and how I talk about myself is a builder and a storyteller. At Bullfrog, we, we do exactly that. We build world-class communications for brands and businesses that is delivering business impact. And that to me is just as important as it is the idea or the output. The reality is the magic is always in those 1% moments on mm. the process of working in true collaboration with our partners and knowing our biz- our partners' businesses as well as our own. And we will never know it as well because we don't walk the floors every day and that's important to know. Mm-hmm. But by having that genuine curiosity and that deeper relationship and wanting that, to know that when we pull ourselves apart as much as brands too, what sits there and what stares at us and how can we simplify that and make sure it's communicated effectively to hit those business objectives. And that is where in the last two years, Bullfrog has, and everyone in that team, believes on that same mission and that same vision. Because at Bullfrog, we talk about a lot that you can go and create attention. Our positioning is we wanna make an unfair share of attention for the brands that we do. Des- think deserve to be heard. And the reality is you can create attention, you can pay for a lot of attention, but are people actually listening? Are the results and the business objectives been achieved? If they're not been achieved, we've spent all this money because we can shout the loudest and put all this money into media. But the beauty about what we do is that communications and ideas and creativity can live and breathe in so many forms. And it doesn't just have to be a TV ad. It can be exactly what we're doing right now. Mm. And if anything, communication of a brand and simplifying that to make it worth someone's time to care enough to be a part of that brand or sign up or buy a product or listen is the task day in, day out, but it has to ladder back up to business objectives. Talk me through the early days, right? I think... Um, Still early days. Yeah,
2: yeah but <laughs> like, I, I mean,
1: like, you know, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that would sit here and go, 42 employees.
2: Mm.
1: Wow, right? Like, you know, in, in, a, in a short period of time. But talk me through the early days, you know, like, like so you've had this idea or you've made this change mm-hmm. and you're embarking on this new journey. It's February 2020. You're a month out from probably the biggest roller coaster in society you know over the last 100 years yeah in the early days yeah. how do you t- how do you get a brand off the ground right like how did what are the specifics behind how you guys navigated that time because it would have been you know a crazy time but also like you know what, what are some of the key insights that you look back on now and go yeah like i look back at this and 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 there was these kind of pivotal moments that for us were were really important to the growth and and kind of sprung us into into you know um the market to a point where we could really compete
0: it's It's a really good question because it it has gone really really fast as we said like we we've had two years we're in our th- coming into our third year of business and and they all say businesses don't really hit their maturity until year four. Like that's a sustainable business in some people's eyes. But then there's businesses getting built overnight that are sustainable beasts that are changing the world that we Mm. live in. But when I go back to on the doorstep of COVID and the change that we've all gone through dramatically and it's it's fast-tracked so many things and slowed other things down too. I think the key thing in the context of building a brand is knowing what you want that brand to communicate and how it does communicate. And if we talk about Bullfrog's brand, it's as much as I get asked this question a lot, why some ugly bloody frog for a a business name, which I tried to pay before even starting it, another naming agency and branding agency to tell me why it was wrong and give me other options. But what came back to what was a real clear thing and why I stayed with Bullfrog Do you know what a group of bullfrogs are? An army. And without going into the tropes of what we think happens day to day, I can never talk to the fact that those people on the front line and what they're doing day to day as much as what they're protecting us from. But what I do know when you think about a collective as a surface layer of what we would know about the military, the army, whatever it might be, the people that are trying to protect us day in, day out, is they're all moving together to a common goal. And they all have each other's back. And so it comes very deep rooted in people first. And we talk about that a lot. A lot of businesses do say that, but we stand by that as much as that is the person we talk about as the founder, you need to have clear on what you want those passions to be. And as much as investing in our partner brands that we work with every day, we need to invest in each other first to make sure we know exactly what we wanna get out of it. And I think that simple like positioning, although we do not talk about that on mass, the story behind the name actually was the root of why I am what I am. For me personally, as a founder and a person in general, I get the most joy in life out of seeing other people succeed in life. That is what fills my cup up every day. That was the work that I did at 21 to realize why I wanna do what I wanna do. Mm because if I can make sure I've, I feel exceptionally lucky to the point of the being 29 in the position that I am and the, the responsibility they hold with Bullfrog and, and with our incredible partner brands that are some of the biggest brands in the world, but then also some of the smartest startups in the world as well or new to category ideas that have never been done before. I feel such a privilege in the, the variety of what we get to do. But it comes from that point of, being people first and in investing in those relationships from the get-go allows us to communicate effectively to each other. It doesn't matter if you're a brand or a person.
1: What is, so, so like 100% on board with that and, and agree a wholeheartedly. What does that look like tactically, right? Because you're communicating and, and you are a great communicator and I can see why you're a great leader as well. But for the person at home who's going, that all sounds great, but but like how do I do it like right and 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 obviously no one's walked your shoes and 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 I'm sorry walked in your shoes and so everyone's experiences are different but like I know that the question from home would be tactically what does that actually look like you know and and you know for did you have to manufacture anything at the start or was it about you know the people you brought in um they had to have certain values and the 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 culture and the workplace that you created for people did that cause the flow on effect of this great work that
0: you're talking about? Like tactically, what does that look like? So tactically, when it comes to knowing the steps to give clarity in that business direction, it needs to start from a higher place. And it needs to start, especially founder led businesses or startups, or even people in leadership roles within big companies. What is the shared common objective that we're chasing after? And what I talk about is, what is the vision for the business? Now, the vision of the business can be as long and short as you want it to be. But that all started for me personally with the advice of you need a plan for your exit from the very beginning. And it's some of the best advice I've ever gotten. Because being able to lift the eyes and look forward, knowing the road will probably 1 million percent change of how you get there, the work that you've done to know that is what I want this business to be and what it needs to stand for, everything else and every activity should fall out of that. You mentioned before one of the things that, from the start, is equally important to making sure that is possible, I believe is values. And even more so as a founder, I would argue that your values, personally, they can be different and they can be characterised in different ways, but they really should be injected into your team as a company organisation, especially as a founder-led business as well. Mm -hmm. Because to the point of why I stopped one business to do another. I was not passionate about the business that I owned. So how can I ask everyone else on a team to really believe in me when I was already questioning myself? Mm -hmm. And it's not questioning myself in context of you will question yourself every day. You'll be rife of decisions, did I get it right or wrong? That's okay. But I was questioning the passion. I had no passion for what that is. So for me, one of the key milestones is what do I want that exit to be? The vision should match that. Mm the ambition should equally match that too, Mm -hmm. but then underpin it with values because it creates a framework for all businesses but also the people you allow in to the point that we've spoken about connections, deep connections, especially in the world that we are with people because we need people. We bloody oath we do. And I think my biggest thing is it's okay if not everyone agrees with those values, but when you share from the point of the first person that I hired... We mirror the same values and ethos because, although we might characterise and act in those values slightly different, because we're all individually different as we are, all individually brilliant, mm. it all ladders back up and trickles back up or trickles down, however you want to talk about it. Starting of what is the vision for that business? Now, the vision for me, to the point of me personally, is wrapped into that story as a founder-led business. Mm-hmm is I want people to succeed in life, that's what fills my cup up, right? But the vision for the business is to be the world's best creative business, right? And how we're gonna do that is knowing the exit. So for me, it's all about making sure that people have life success at Bullfrog. And careers don't stop at Bullfrog, they start. And with how our business is structured as much as how it comes out, We have two sides, businesses we own that are out in market right now, that a lot of people may or may not know of, and then the communication side that we do for partner brands as well. But all of those things are laddering back up to because by those two dynamics of what Bullfrog actually is and what we call it is, and it's soon to come out, but may as well share it. um, At Bullfrog, we believe creativity is built and born from scratch, building an idea that has never been done before, owning a business that has never been done before Mm. to solve a problem that the world may or may not need. (laughs) That depends, they don't always work. Mm -hmm. And communications for our partner brand, and those two things go hand in hand. But it all falls back out of, if I call myself a storyteller and a builder, that's as much as me knowing this is how the vision needs to create, and this is how we need to get there. And I think the biggest thing starts with that high place of, I want people to have success in life who work at Bullfrog and I want them to be invested in this business long-term. So that starts with the key decisions that go from tactically. I don't want to be the CEO of this business as we sit here right now in three years' time Mm -hmm. because I want to train, train, work with people, share knowledge with people that is going to push me out and so, so I should be. Mm -hmm. because success is knowing when you know your expiry date which comes back to that point of what do I want the exit to be and that doesn't have to be financially motivated that could be as much of just what I want for my life but knowing what that looks like and it will change change for me with two different journeys from a tailored man of what I thought was great and profitable and a good smart business to now something that is has grown substantially because the want is I realise what I want out of my day-to-day and what will recharge my batteries and make it feel effortless was people having success in life. So that whole plan needs to ladder back up to that for the business. I absolutely love that. My question,
1: and this is personal interest (laughs) more than anything, right, is I feel like every business starts to become aware of what its drivers of growth are. Right, and and they become targets we work towards these We and we start to understand okay these are the, really the kind of key things that drive growth yep. what are those things at Bullfrog and how did you come to realise that you know like what were the cause again like I feel like even us personally in, in our business we're starting to really become aware of that how did you know what are those drivers of growth for you, for you guys and,
0: and how did you come to become aware of those yeah I think um, a lot of that comes back to me with what we just spoke about before in that that foundation setting what do the values do and the values been a key driver of every interaction that we have as a business and that's very different for all businesses because it needs to make sense coming back to that broader vision for the business and what that plan actually is and so for us those drivers of growth comes with that strong from the get-go, foundational setup, So there is no question marks of anyone on the team, including the businesses and brands that we work with on what they're gonna expect in the room. And that expectation setting from the outset, because it's on the door for a reason and we're not just gonna say it, we're gonna live it and breathe it through our values to openly talk about being a world-class creative business. We still go a long way to a world-class creative business so we can truly deliver creativity built and born. However, knowing the fact that every interaction across the business with people, structures, onboarding, documentation, HR, all the above, is underpinned by those that framework of values, is a key contributor to the people that show up every day, to the people how they have a conversation, to the work we produce. And I think that to me sounds like a. It's it's not that tactical, but it's actually everything. I can talk about the specific details of the actions that are delivering on that, but there is too many because it comes out of a, just a, the simplicity of having four key values for us, which we have four, that are laddering up to our broader business objectives so everyone knows what they have to do at any given time because they're those values they've brought into. Mm. But the question that I think is what we did really early that I think some businesses... A lot of people talk about values and value setting and but then don't really act on it. I actually went on that journey with the whole team. We did that in the first year of business very, very quickly. While I knew roughly what my values are, the reality is taking the team on that journey together and knowing why they think Bullfrog's special, which is as much about getting feedback, mm. is going on the journey to make sure they're crafted right. Now, ours all have creative names per se and they, we are a communications business. So there's a way and there's a bio and a strap line of what what does that mean and the actions that fall out of it or the behaviours that follow that value. But I actually think that is a key contributor to our growth today. Is the foundational setup to the point that I shared with you before is what were the tactics to get from A to B or where I'm sitting right now. The tactics were knowing what the end needs to look like underpinned by a values framework that is led by people that buy into that and been built with those people that allows us to do the best work for our partners. But it also knows and talks very openly and loudly as a business and we communicate it consistently of what people we expect at every interaction. So, like, I'm looking at that and
1: I'm trying to... I'm a framework guy, like I'm trying to wrap that into say something that I can understand, but the drivers of growth for you guys, or what you think has kind of played the most pivotal role is getting the right people on the bus and being able to inspire those people to believe in the the story behind the brand, um, the vision for the brand and 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 more importantly, the purpose as well yes and and you and like if we get that foundation right you know, the rest will come because we've got the, the kind of the right team together to be able to drive that growth. It,
0: I mentioned people first and our industry that we li- currently operate in, agency land has notoriously had the worst reputation when it comes to looking after people and undervaluing people. Um, we have won through that approach on both sides of our partners and deep in, investing in relationships deeper to understand business problems better. Mm but that is both internal as external conversations too, or how we communicate as a business. And so for me, that framework gives clarity to everyone because they all know the journey that we're going on, the steps we need to take to get there and the standards that follow those steps. And I think we had a meeting just last night with the whole leadership team. I have just brought on three new business partners, which is a huge new step of Mm. sharing the load but one that is so exciting in context of the caliber of those individuals, it blows my mind. But to think of those people with the team that already exist, that is the most exciting thing. But once again, the word that I'm saying and repeat is people. Mm. People are behind innovation. Mm-hmm. If no one ever tried, we would never evolve. And that's where it's all about, if you have enough, right, and you've done the work, it will iterate, it should evolve. It will never always be perfect because you might all grow to a new level of, well, we've ticked that box and we've hit that objective. Now what? But that's where that setting those objectives in the context of making sure they're, they're big enough and they should be big. The dream should be big. But what are those clear actions and frameworks and steps that are gonna take to get there underpinned by values that live and breathe through the corridor, the hallway chats, the water cooler chat, um, every meeting with a partner It sets those standards of, this is how I'm going to behave as an individual and the actions that embody those values. And I think that's where so many people are like, what are the steps? But the steps don't have to be very complicated. The steps don't have to be only do this action to do this because that's very in the detail. If everyone knows what the vision is, everyone follows that framework and buys into that, hence doing it with the team, not just saying, hey guys, I'm the founder, these are the values of the team. That's rubbish because then you're not caring about people and their input on the magic that is created every day, no matter what business you're in. And I think, for me, that's why when you say your drivers for growth, as much as where we've got to today, we would nowhere near be, and my life would be a lot less exciting without the people that I get to surrounded by every day.
1: Yeah, and mate. Like I, I, when I seen the news come out, like of of you know um, what you're just talking about and the partners, I was like, wow. That's seriously impressive, but I think now that I've had got to speak to you, I think you know I kind of come back to what you're saying of like you've been able to build a great team already, so it doesn't come as any surprise that great people want to be a part of great teams, and so you know, like what you're saying is you know I, I come back to like footy i'm a, I love footy as well, but it's funny how like you get great teams attracting great players even when they're you know, s- s- growing at a at a, at, a, at a at a great rate or, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're performing at such a high level is that yeah. that attracts great people and I think, like you said, that driver of growth is, you know, you start a business and it's you mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out a way to get the right people on the bus and I think what I've gotten out of today, you know, um, personally is that, um, and, and to be honest, it's given me a lot of insight you know even into my own journey just thinking about this but like great people a vision and and you know care about the vision deeply like depth over distance think really think about the depth that you can create and mate it's it's great insight um to you know uh, again like i i kind of piece all these things together i i obviously seen the partners and and the news that come out about that but it's great to hear the origin story of how you're able to actually achieve something like that so um mate it's awesome i want to say a massive thank you for your time thank you. i could sit here all day you know i've probably got another 50 questions i could ask but um made it, it again a massive thank you for your time um congratulations on the success it's still early days so I, i'm excited to see what happens from here mm. um but for anyone who you know wants to follow along for the journey um and and with both yourself and also bullfrog as well mm. where can they find you um and and mm.
0: All best places that <laughs> yeah. everyone finds people I, these know days. What, I, probably, I just got to stop saying that. But this this podcast on social, our website, um, you know, I think how we communicate, LinkedIn, like it's all the things that you do bloody well with this business and communicating to an audience and sharing great learnings. My, you can find us in Cremorne, Cremorne Street, Cremorne. That's probably <laughs> the fun one. But yep. everyone talks about their social media. But yeah, we're, we're there and if you want to have a coffee and anyone listening to this wants to generally talk about anything today, I would love nothing more to share those learnings with anyone that reaches out. So you know, look me up, Dalton Henshaw. Um, but it's also, I would urge everyone to look at Bullfrog because the wickedly smart humans that I surround myself with every day and, and get to be and walk with every day is um, the reason I feel really grateful to be here today talking to you too, so
2: thank
1: you mate once again thank you excited to see what comes next and to see the growth and uh you know again thanks for your time johnny thanks for putting this together i appreciate you and also to our community you know we're, we're keeping on this year and charging forward and without you guys we don't get to interview and and just you know have amazing conversations with people like dalton so a massive thank you to you
2: guys i hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you next week